Hello, and welcome to the Translation Company Talk, a weekly podcast show focusing on translation services and the language industry. The Translation Company Talk covers topics of interest for professionals engaged in the business of translation, localization, transcription, interpreting, and language technology. The Translation Company Talk is sponsored by Hybrid Links. Your host is Sultan Ghaznawi with today's episode. Welcome to this episode of the Translation Company Talk podcast. Today we are going to be talking about what it means to deliver language services such as translation, transcription, interpreting, and other related services in a client-centric LSP model. I have once again invited my friend, Christophe Giovanni, who is obsessed with customer centricity in language service delivery. Christophe focuses on driving the go-to-market strategy and direction and running high-level operations while providing motivating leadership. He has 21 years of experience, having started his career with R.R. Donnelly, serving Fortune 500 and customers in highly regulated industries as executive vice president, achieving consistent revenue and profit margin growth. Christophe is fluent in French, Italian, English, and holds a Bachelor of Business Administration from Florida International University. Welcome back to the Translation Company, Dr. Christophe. Good morning, welcome, and bonjour, and uh, well, thank you very much for inviting me, Sultan. It's great, to, it's great to see you again. Please, for the people who don't know you, introduce yourself. Tell us what you have been up to as well. Yeah, sure, no problem. So my name is Christophe Giovanni. Um, as, you, as you can hear, my you know I'm, I'm, I'm French and I'm based in Paris. I started my career in New York 20 years ago as a, as a project manager with R. Donnelly. After five years, I transferred to London to set up our global operation for the translation business unit. In, 20, in 2005, moved to Paris to set up really the global sales team, later move on to director, VP, managing director, and a couple of other executive positions. Join SDL as, um, you know, in the executive team in, in July 2018, uh, when the Donnelly Language Solution businesses was acquired by, by SDL. Stay there three years. And um, and just started 10 months ago in this new adventure that is Topan Digital Language and thrilled to be here. And I uh, just wanted to give you a little bit an update, right? So first, like I say, it's, it's great to speak with you again. Very appreciate your angle in the industry, what you do, your authenticity. And um, it's very good for me to be able to, to give an update on some of the progress that we made since we talk. And I think like our last talk was mainly towards M&A um, when we launched um, our, you know, our business. So together right. with my team, we set up, we, you know, we set out to build something really meaningful in the industry. Believe it or not, that's how everything started. Um, and, and we wanted to be a partner that puts really the customer at the heart of everything we do. And, and takes really a solution approach to our customer. And, and, and we know that there are more and more complex needs in the localization world. So I'm pleased to say that with the support of my colleagues um, that I call, you know, the lead team uh, with me and, and the backing up of Topan Inc., right, as we are a $13 billion company and, and 50, 55,000 employees worldwide, we are really making a noticeable impact in the market and our vision is really resonating with our customers so so you know we made the dream possible as well so this is kind of where we stand as of today and and again very pleased to be here 
Christoph, it's fascinating that you took this idea. It was basically an idea a year ago, and you turned this into this massive battleship. It, Topan Digital Language is making the news every day, and there's nothing short of impressive each time I look at your posts. Please share with us what is going on on a macro level. What is Topan doing? Who is it serving? Yeah, and, and, and first, thank you um, for the comment. I, I think what you can see towards some of the messaging that we are you know, pushing through here, it's, it's, it's passion. Again, I think it's an important, an important word. And, and I will say we, we, we have a team here who likes to win. So uh, we, had a, we have had a really an incredible first year and, and very proud to be, I will say, the fastest growing LSPs in the market. So really going through and, and, and going back to our first um, you know, podcast through acquisition. So we have completed two acquisitions in 10 months and through organic investment in sales and operation. And this mixed really have delivered really major uh, clients win this year as, as we start. So 10 months, but uh, as I say, very great progress on, on many different fronts. And there is a market for us. This time of the year, it's middle of 2022. How has the year been so far for you at a personal level, as well as for uh, Topon Digital Language in general? Personal level, it has been busy. I'm going back to travel. I think the last eight weeks, I, I didn't even stay in, in, in Paris. So feeling strange to be back. So still keeping the routine and the running that we talked about last time, right? right? So um, in terms of business, um, enjoying the people that I'm working with, enjoying winning. We had a very strong uh, start of the year as a business with, you know, um, our highlights being a number of very significant clients winning you know, in Q1. And just now we completed the acquisition uh, of Translate Media in the second quarter. So for, for some of you who knows Translate Media, I mean, I will say it's, it's bring a huge amount of, of talent to the team, great new clients in, in different range of sector as well, and incredibly impressive technology stacks that, that, you know, kind of is very complementary of what we had. I'm enjoying, again, speaking with, spending time with developers, speaking with developers. I mean, clearly it's a very talented team in terms of development. They, they develop a, a fantastic tool as well. And they are, the mindset is really, when we talk about customer centricity, really here to solve customer problems. And, and that's really what they have in all of them. So I'm, I'm also looking forward to a significant growth in the second half of the year. So that's just the beginning. So in, you know, remaining humble, right, of, of what can happen, but really looking forward for, for a second half of the year based on the pipelines that we have as well. Congratulations on all these achievements. But let, let us bring our focus to something you just mentioned, which is customer centricity, which is the topic of our discussion today. As an expert in this area, you are the perfect guy to ask about customer focus and how enterprises deliver translation services around that. Uh, please give me a high-level perspective and what your thoughts are on the subject. Yeah, and and I think it's it's kind of critical and and really the foundation of our of our success. Um, in addition to be again working with talented people, and this is something that I have since I started uh, in the industry as a project manager in in, in you know in in translation for capital market and and IPOs where you needed really to be there for the customer sometime 24 to 36 hours, um, you know, in the office with, with the right team. So I think time change, but now you can really 
look at before was client first always now it's really about customer centricity so it's more strategic and it is indeed customer partnering are absolutely fundamental to the localization industry for simple reasons that there is no one size fits it all to deliver services or solution across the different industry departments or content type and different region as well that you can add on and and i think you are well positioned to know that right there is no one size fits all and this is why the customer centricity is important in order to bring the right solution to the customer so i will say that solution must be in, in some way tailored to the client needs and this across many different dimensions so it's critical also the last element about customer centricity is really about listening to the customer, listening, thinking out of the box, uh, but also bringing them nowadays a lot of innovation and expertise in the localization, but also in the subject matter that they are operating, you know, that they are operating into. These these ingredients are really key towards the customer centricity to bring the confidence, the expertise, and more importantly, the credibility that it's needed. Every company talks about customer centricity. I mean, everyone would prefer to believe in that they, that's what they're focused on. Yet their processes, their, their strategies are not developed with customer in mind. It's developed in silo. So where do you think the disconnect is, Christoph? Why do you, do they end up with a system that they think is right, but the customer does not agree with? Yeah, I agree with you, Sultan. Many people say customer, customer, and, and I saw that in the past, by the way, um, right. especially the latest one. But I, I think that when you say you put the customer in the heart of it, but 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 technically, no. And and there are, I mean, there are quite few reasons why organization may become less customer-centric. I mean, sometimes it is a company culture, as well, I mean, it's also coming from the top, right? Depending on right. kind of the direction where you're in. Sometimes in the organizational, it, it can be organizational structure, but also systems. I mean, this is in, in some companies, the system is really driving the ways that people are acting. And this, you forget really about the essence, about servicing the customer. And I think that, you know, our, our industry is exposed to a few factors that have made it harder to stay relevant to customer. And, um, you know, I will say that the environment is changing and particularly for during the last five years, right? You can see that there are a lot of changes in our industry. So it has been hard for providers to adapt to their business and operating models quickly enough to meet the demand and the change of the customer. So that's why I believe that these are the fundamental reason why some of the company are not able to cope and culture being one. Speaking of business models, a lot of them are built around the customer and, and the value that is created for, for these customers. It takes some, some thinking and creativity. In your case, you went through this exercise probably in the past 12 months. How should a language services provider reinvent itself with such a model if, if they've, you know, functioned like traditionally, but now they have to change? How can they actually wrap their head around the customer? Yeah, it's a very good question, Sultan. So, I mean, in my view, customer centricity is best designed into an organization from the start. And that's right. why kind of we all love the, the top and digital um, you know, project, right? Because I mean, we are starting from 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 the existing of of a base in 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 Asia, but we, in, I mean, Europe and the US, we put it together already um, in ten months, and it can be quite hard to back engineer um, it in, into very siloed businesses if you don't start from the scratch. So every also, I will say that every function must have a relationship or a touch point or, or an understanding 
of the customer and treat really the customer as their North Star, which is very key. One relatively simple question any business can ask itself is, is how much management time is taking up talking about the customer versus other priorities. Can be the EBITDA, can be the vendors that you are looking for, can be the linguist, can be the accreditation. No, the key here is that in all the discussions that you have inside your company, what is the percentage of this discussion being related to the customer? I will say that this is a simple KPI and, and, and simple way to kind of think and judge really how you know how your organization is customer centric then what's that magic number for this kpi uh, how much should they focus on customer how much of the conversation should be centered around the customer well i think that you know you you need to have kind of i mean for me i mean in in terms of some of the meetings that you have or others i mean it can really be you know more than you know more than the average and it should be at the heart of everything that you discuss then it can be some one-to-one some other discussion in parallel but I will say that 85% should be towards customer. And and speaking of Topan Digital Language, please share with me how is customer centricity at the heart of everything that you do there? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I suppose that you know there there are, there are, there are several factors about about this customer centricity and what we do in Topan languages. And I will say number one is culture and behavior which means that all our management team, and this is what I say, and employees know that they are here to listen to the customer and to serve the customer. And another is also um, the sector specialist go-to-market strategy. It's related really to the to the go-to-market strategy, which really pulls in behind it the most relevant solution for the customer. So we like to talk about customized workflow solutions. So not only tech, not only services, but really some things that we put together based on the requirement from the customer. I will add another key pillar is the way we organize ourselves around the customer and how we share information across our organization. You can have different type of, of setup, same. I saw some uh, in the past and, and some where you lose really accountability, ownership, entrepreneurship, to, towards servicing the customer. So it's very important that you keep an organization. I, I kind of like flat organization because I believe that also the information are, are kind of transferred very quickly uh, as well, and especially customer information. So it, it providing you the opportunity to be agile and to react quickly also when there are challenges, because as you know, our industry is also subjective. So there are ways where you need to kind of turn around and, and find solution to some of the problem. And this is, you know, the organization of your, you know, your, your, your project management team, account management team is very key in terms of how you service the customer. And towards client centricity, sometimes what you can have is different way to service a customer, depending if your client is centralized or decentralized. I'm guessing in order to to provide the best service to a customer, you will have to segment them based on domain expertise. For example, uh, if you're talking, especially with regulatory industry, right? Uh, If you're working with financial or healthcare and so forth. So do you need to deliver a different experience to each one of them or, you know, it's an agile experience that it adapts to what they need. So you have you you can have a go-to-market strategy which is more by sector, but you cannot underestimate the sub-segment inside this segmentation. So let's say you have life sciences below, you can have 
you know, different level, you know, healthcare, different level. Finance, for example, below you can have uh, private equity, you can have asset management, or you can have um, IPO, or, or you see what I mean? You, this is where you have a vertical, but then you have sub-segment to take into account to bring even more expertise. And, and no one, as of today in the industry, no one is really doing that. It is obvious, uh, Christoph, that the customer wants to buy from companies that focuses on them. I mean, the customer. We still see a lot of organizations in our industry that are trying to push their own solutions uh, on the customers where the customer does not see a fit. And and the question was, why is that? Is it a lack of experience or expertise or, or these people fail to see the landscape or the customer demand? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's a different mix, right? I mean, some, some people do not adjust, some people do not want to adjust, some people do not want to listen. Um, I mean, there are different ways, but I, I suppose it is failure of the go-to-market strategy, really, poor segmentation. I mean, you talk about it before, Sultan, about the segmentation, especially in regulated industry or, or others, right? Because our industry is so fragmented, it's so big that you know, I mean, you need to narrow it down really of about where you want to add value to the client. So I will say also, I mean, poor segmentation either at the point of, of the sales engagement, upstream in the development of the solution as well. The reality here um, is that there is no, 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 no one as, as an LSP has a full suite of services or solution that can really cover the entire scope. That, that's today, that's the reality. I mean, if, you know, some say we can, do it all. The reality is that there is no in, not enough solution or, or, or knowledge as well or expertise to be able to do it uh, as well. So, I mean, customers come with preferences. LSP is the most part who have a certain level of, of agnoticism and, and sometimes work with a broader supply chain or tech ecosystem. For me, I will say that the ecosystem is really important and this is where we are evolving towards the verticalization, segmentation, but ecosystem. Every customer is unique, as you mentioned, and, and they have their own interests and interesting things about them. So and, and that's very true in the enterprise space where every customer wants everything to be tailor made for them. Now, you talked about this briefly earlier. How do you go about building a model that is appealing and attractive to all your preferred customers? Because you can't be one size fits all for everyone. Correct, correct. And it's important. And, and we build in, in some core foundations that have some universality and, and, and that also make it easy for, for customers to interact with us and to do business with us, really. And then on top, we build a more agile sector specialist group who are very close to the customer operationally. So again, a, a quick touch and, and very close relationship with the customer. At the end of the day, there is, like I say, the solution, but one big part of what we do is also relationship. And it's even more important nowadays after the, the crisis that we just had to, right. to bring that to our customer. In other words, it's customer service that drives the business. It should not be an afterthought. It should be something that should be the forefront of everything. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's it's something we have. I think it's a, it's something that remain. I mean, yes, the B2B and, and you know, the way you service clients uh, is changing. The customer journey is changing as well. But one one part, which is not, and what we all want in, in our day life, whatever it is, translation, localization, or other banking services or other, it's customer service. And, and, and clearly still makes a difference. Now, I mean, there are different ways, there is different um, way to adjust, but it's also the investment that needs to be made in, in, in the overall team 
for the customer. Christoph, uh, as you can probably agree, our industry is undergoing um, some transformations, uh, like many other industries. You just mm-hmm. mentioned that. And the focus is to save money, bring efficiency and speed with automation. So how does that affect customer centricity? For example, you know, we have self-serve portals. Lots of LSPs have them now. Can the customer still be the heart of the business when we make them do some of this work? Or more importantly, do the customers feel that they are at the center of everything? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, mean, I, I agree with you, Sultan. And, you know, I mean, you know that well. I mean, our language, language services is going through a significant transformation. But I will say it's not a linear progression towards automation. What right. actually is happening is that the content supply chains are moving from a waterfall processes to a highly agile processes. And the type of contents are different. You can see as well, whatever it's regulatory or not, but it's changing quickly. Sometimes there is standardization, not a shorter. The type of document as well is different. Content uses as well on how the content is used. So with different level of quality for the content, the content channels as well are diversifying also. So, I mean, certainly you can build a point solution that may solve a part of that, but we see really digitization as as driving more strategic conversation uh, for the future. Let us look at how we can uh, build a production model inside a language company that's based on a customer-centric business function. I can see sales focusing more on customers because that's what they do and, and they cover the customer's needs. How does production and project management place the customer in, in their full focus and in the center of everything that they do? Yeah, and I will say that, you know, I think in the B2B now, I mean, we can say sales, but I will bring up the marketing team as well. I will say right. that the marketing team is as important as the sales team and as important as the project management team. So production and management team have different touch points with the customer and are often right. the day-to-day manager of, of the relationship. And, and this is really how it goes, right? Then you get, um, you know, the marketing side in parallel as well to get more analysis and, and data towards the customer as well on, on different type of data so you can adjust and improve uh, your offering or, or some of your solution. Then the relationship between sales and operation is one of those that cannot be siloed, right? And it's important that the system and processes that are in place are, are, are helping to share information about customer regularly. I, I saw a lot of you know, dysfunctional, um, you know, approach toward this really when it was kind of people were kind of separated, all that. So the combination of the alignment towards the sales, marketing and operation, it's very critical because then the, the information are share, you are able to do the day to day, but you're also able to anticipate the customer needs. So it's short and long term as well. So I will say the alignment of this tricky function for customer is critical. For a program, an enterprise localization program, which is based on on customer centricity, you would need to have the customer engaged. What is the process for for doing so? Because you will have to see it from their angle as well. When and where does the customer have a say in how this model should be developed? I think most of the time, and and what you can see, and I mean, you know that there are plenty out there right now. It's, I mean, the customer now is really explaining what they want towards the RFP, right? So I will say that they already kind of have their mind towards where they want to go um, when the RFP is out. Now, when the RFP is out, is that is where you can also bring an extra, um, you know, some extra help, 
when you got the subject matter expertise or other in saying, okay, we took into account what you said, but there is also this, 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 so you can actually be more kind of having a consultative approach towards right. what is ex existing, what is possible. And then we are the expert. Um, so we should be able also to find a way uh, or compromise from the beginning to also say what is possible, what is not. Uh, taking into account that everyone is looking to reduce the turnaround time, right? Everyone is looking to um, improve the quality and cost uh, as well. Oh, sorry, maintain quality as everyone says they are delivering right. quality, even if I kind of have some, some doubt on that. But um, I will say that these are the three criteria that everyone is talking about. And, and this is what can be addressed directly into the RFP. We talked about customer focused organizations and then what their needs are, but they must evolve uh, over time with every customer. So the, their customers in every translation companies or their customers industries are going through all kinds of transformation you just mentioned. Yeah, I, I think that the business cannot hope to to evolve if right. in, in the right direction unless it is close to and listen to the customer. Um, you have some company as well that, that believe they are better than, than, than the customer, which I think this is very dangerous as well. So going back to some humility as well. I mean, this is the beauty of the customer-centricity approach, right? Is that you really listen to the customer. And if all the function aligned towards the customer. And when I mean function, you can also mention HR, you can also mention finance. I mean, you know, I mean, customer can see it because then broadly speaking, I mean, the direction of the company will be clear. And, you know, we are here kind of in a, you know, we, we are kind of in a tornado, right? Where you have a lot of market share that you can, you know, that you can get really because of that. As soon as you get this customer centricity approach, I mean, clearly you can see that, you know, it's kind of, taking all or everyone coming to you because it kind of makes a difference, right? So, and the direction is clear. Um, however, there will always be, you know, decision to be made about certain developments and we build this through rigorous strategic plan as well, which is grounded not just in listening to our customer, but also really understanding the wider ecosystem. Again, I, I say for a second time, for me, the future is not only about one side, it's really about understanding the ecosystem, position yourself inside the ecosystem, because this is going to help also the customer in a way. The good thing, as you mentioned about customer centricity, is that you know uh, what the customer wants. In situations when there is uncertainty on customer side about their future, like they don't know where their industry is going, how do you strategically design your model to withstand different implications in the face of changes in customer industries? Yeah, this is a good question. I mean, for sure, any business needs have to be resilient, particularly when customer, you know, is in in a certain industry are facing challenges. I mean, we saw right. that again with with some of the COVID, um, you know, effect, right? And 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 but some of these are also short term, of course, and and can be partially uh, mitigated by diversification of customer geographically or industry. So there is also different different ways to kind of revert that and to help some of the customer and other are more long term, such as a decline of, you know, in bricks and, and, and mortal, I mean, retailing and, and switch to e-commerce. Uh, clearly, we saw that. Um, but it's a case of picking up uh, you know, the right trends to lean into, but in a broader terms, um, digitization is a, is a friend for any LSPs in the industry as well. So this is really where we can, um, you know, support our customer.
This podcast is made possible with sponsorship from Hybrid Links, a human in the loop provider of translation and data collection services for healthcare, education, legal, and government sectors. Visit hybridlinks.com to learn more. Yourself, let's switch gears and talk about what it takes to, to develop this. So it takes a certain type of leadership, vision, and willpower to build a customer-focused enterprise localization service model. From you know, Your experience describes that. Now, I would like to hear from you what these qualities are in a leader and how should leaders stay connected with their customers to keep them at the core of their business? It's really about discipline. I think it's it's really thinking about you know, every day you need to think why you are where you are and, and what type of impact you want to have. And also bringing the right people around you that think the same than you, if you can, right? So you don't get distracted, right? Everyone is here for common goals. Everyone is aligned. You just have to reminding, uh, remember what is his goal. You also need to be up to date with some of the, you know, some of the changes and, and to really add value. So when I mean some of the changes is really towards, um, you know, regulatory changes or others, these are very critical. And what sets apart the successful LSP in today's day and age uh, is that they do not sell translation. Uh, you just mentioned that, but they sell language services responding to their customers' desired business outcomes. How do you build this type of a model uh, where the customers uh, desires or preferences are are at the heart of what all your processes, all your products. Yeah, I think it's it's going back by you know the design of the strategies, the design of the right. goals, of the objectives, the design of the tactics that you can bring also with with the right people around you, the expertise and experience. I mean, clearly, you know, at one point it's expertise and experience, and not really losing kind of focus towards the accomplishment. So I would say the laser focus towards where you want to go, what you want to provide, and and, and it's more towards going towards the solution in the ecosystem. So don't think small, uh, but also don't think only tech, only translation, only transcription, only, I mean, at the end of the day, what we need, what we need to sell, it's truly a solution. One of the mistakes I've seen a lot of people make, and I've been guilty of this myself, is to think in generalities when it comes to addressing customer segments. We talked about customer segments earlier as well, but how do we fine-tune our business models to address a unique, profitable niche that we can happily satisfy, and and at the same time, uh, we feel good about it? I mean, it's going back to one of your previous questions, right? I, I think it's it it is um, really important to commit to a sector, even to think about the subsectors. Remember what I say about the finance, right? Finance, asset management, IPO, private equity, others, uh, the same on, on on different you know on, on on different verticals. So you have to be prepared to invest in sales. You need to be prepared to invest in business development, and and quite a deep understanding of business needs. And this can go on, on different fronts, right? You can bring people that are coming from the industry, so you find the right mix as well. And and whatever you develop is also close from the reality. And um, I mean, not just from the perspective of language services. It's more than language. To your point, it's more than language. So subject matter expertise is more than language. It's it's about um, really the vertical, the subsegment, and the entire ecosystem. So in many cases, you will also need to build services that may only apply to that niche. I saw that in the past, right? There is a couple of services or solution. Or, or customized workflows that only apply for a niche. Um, and then, you know, or, or you can build integration that are specific to that industry. We saw 
we, we can see that more and more, right, with the connectors coming where you kind of get the data upstream and you can, you know, you can really fully automate it, um, you know, the, the workflow process as well. So the connectors are really bringing that. A follow up on that question, uh, Christoph, is uh, the customer maturity model. I know people talk about that in our industry. How does that play a role into customer centricity? For example, if we have an enterprise that has mature localization processes built in, it might be easier for us to adapt our processes to service them versus one that does not know where to go because in the past they have done things ad hoc and now they want to bring a structure. How do you address that? Yeah, correct. I I, I, I was always keen about the, the language maturity model. I think it's a very good approach to see what else you can bring so but i will say it's one element of the right. overall solution i think you need to take into account that some account will never mature as well right and 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 the ones that are mature i will say that the way to kind of bring anything new is really towards innovation of what i've seen in the past right because they are mature already so in some instance um, you know, there, there is no more efficiency gain that you can bring to them. But what you can bring is actually innovation, innovation on different fronts, right? It can be media, it can be some others, uh, you know, can, can be a different set of, of, of solutions that they need and that they didn't have before. So as we know, there is a lot of, of solutions which are vertical and a lot that are vertical as well. So there is always a way to position yourself with some innovation on some of the mature accounts. Christoph, please share with us about the organizational structure differences that exist between a customer-focused LSP versus one that was created based on a generic business template. Yeah, I think it's um, for me. I, I think that you know, on the on the generic centricity, you can you can on on the client centricity one, you can really see the horizontal approach. And you can test that when there is a problem, for example, or when an email is sent and the reactivity of, of, of kind of the team. There is blocks that are also by industry because you get this expertise. So I will say that there is different elements, the way that it's kind of more horizontal, the way that it is more by block as well of, of industry. There is a commonality. Right about system and 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 because you need to do some best. Uh, I mean, there is some best practices that are applicable for all of them, right? I think clearly you can also reuse what is applicable for one to the others. So there is kind of an element about what you can use, um, which is similar, but also what you can add on that is very specific. And I will say that not many people now go for the specific and they just remain generic. And it's the same in terms of your organization uh, platform, right? The way you organize your platform shouldn't be generic, right? But should be really tailored towards the industry, the verticals that your customer is in. We are right in the middle of 2022. It's actually June, so it's the six months. Where do you see customers in the typical localization buyer uh, customers segment headed this year? Uh, you know, what, what do you predict? Well, I, I can see that there is a... Um, there are still um, or there is a lot of changes coming in the industry, and I will say that you know the the, the customer are coming are becoming more and more demanding as well or more knowledgeable on our industry. So they are really looking at you know people thinking outside the box. Um, there is a lot that going through RFP. I think it's the right time as well to think you know after you know after what we went through for the last couple of years about looking at some different approach as well. So you can see that people are, I mean, customers are really looking for new 
specialized, um, you know, approach towards, uh, you know, partners that will really bring them to the next level because they went through some difficult time or some not, but what, what they have is that they really need a reliable partner and there is more towards innovation that is needed than before. And I will say in terms of innovation, machine translation now, it's not anymore, it's not enough if you see what I mean. And that's why I think that, you know, now it's the next level towards the, the ecosystem, towards what you can bring, not only there, but ready to positioning the company inside the overall ecosystem. Christoph, as we have reached the end of this conversation, but uh, obviously we have to continue talking about this in the future, please share a few words to our industry about what they should do to place the customer in their focus and in the center of their business. Yeah, like, like, like I, I mean, like I say, I think, you know, think always about the customer. I mean, you know, enjoy speaking with the customer. Do not be scared or afraid to speak with the customer. Um, you know, you are knowledgeable. You have the experience. Let's engage. I think it's important to engage. But more importantly, listen to your customer. And I will say that this is, if you, I have a final word, it's really about listening to the customer. Well, with that, uh, I will have to say that this was a very fascinating conversation about customer centricity. And once again, I had the pleasure to hear from you about your thoughts and experiences. There was so much to learn from you, Christoph. I'm sure people listening uh, also found a lot of useful ideas that they can apply to their work. Uh, they have a lot of thinking to do. Um, I want to thank you and look forward to our next conversation soon. Well, I hope we will have one more. But before we close again, I would like to thank you for the invitation and thanking you as well for all the positive impact you're having in our industry on different levels uh, as well. And uh, looking forward for our next chat. But thank you very much, Vuitton. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, it's time for my roundup of the interview and my analysis as to what has been discussed. Customer focus and centricity forms the basis of relationship-based enterprise businesses. Lots of us take our relationship with our customers for granted and don't invest enough which results in transactional, easily replaceable vendors and non-meaningful business connections. As Christoph pointed out, customers should be at the heart of everything we do and we must design our business model with the customer and their needs in mind. Equally important is engaging with the customer and ensuring continuous open communication to be agile and respond to their changing needs. It takes a certain way of thinking to build a customer-focused organization and the thought leadership must be part of the company vision and an LSP. To achieve a fully customer-focused business model, LSPs must also understand and learn about the human element which revolves around the desires of the customer organization and their style of business. If you solve the customer's problem, they will stick around and ask for more of your solution if they have a continuous need. It's as simple as that. That was my conversation with Christoph Giovanni on the topic of customer centricity. He's a smart leader who has made significant strides in a span of less than a year building one of the fastest growing language services organizations in the world. I hope you were able to learn from this conversation and apply these action items to your business. Don't forget to subscribe to the Translation Company Talk on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or your favorite platform. 
give us a 5 star or thumbs up to boost our ratings. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode.